going to read from God's Word. It's Acts chapter 13, and we'll read the first five verses. Acts chapter 13. This is God's Word. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been taught, brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went into Cilicia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. Amen. We've been going through what, what is the church, and we've been looking at different characteristics of the church, and this morning we're looking at the church is a missionary church. And the 23rd, we'll be going up to Linkage. And Linkage will be asking the question, what sort of church is Orangefield? And they'll be looking at three things. They, they don't tend to say they're looking at these three things, but these are the three things they look at. The first thing they want to make sure, uh, before we were allowed to call a minister, is, and this is no particular order, the first thing they're looking at is the manse. Do you have a manse that's fit for a minister? Is the manse watertight? Uh, does it have a kitchen and, and does it have all the things that it needs to have? That's the first thing they're really asking. Is the manse okay? The second thing they ask is, what about the mission of the church? Do you have a, a clear mission? Do you, do you know what you're about? Uh, is it, are you just a wee club just for yourselves? Or, or do you have a mission? Do you have a vision of, of what you're doing and, and what God has called you to do? So they want to make sure the manse is, is, is right. They want to make sure your mission is right. And the third thing they look at, and they don't tend to say this, but the third thing they're looking at is do you have the money to pay your minister? What's your money like? Uh, do you have enough money coming in uh, to pay your bills? Do you have enough money coming in uh, to, to make sure everything's running okay? And those are the three things, roughly, that, that, that Linkage is looking for. Uh, the most important one, they say, is mission. But the other two things are important. If you don't have a manse, we won't get leave to call. If you have no money, you won't get leave to call. And if you have no mission, you won't get leave to call. Those are the three things. So, so as far as Link is concerned, those are the three things that need to work out uh, for us to move forward. But what are the things the Lord's looking at in a church? Are those are the same three things? I'm not quite sure, really, if that would be the same three things the Lord's looking at. And so that's why we're looking at the church. What, who are we and, and what we're about and one of the aspects, a very important aspect of us as a church is who we are as far as our mission is concerned, uh, our missionary service is concerned. Now, if we were to ask the question then, what does a missionary church look like? I would think, again, some answers might be, well, a missionary church is a church that prays for mission. And, and that sounds good. Or, or a missionary church is a church that gives financially, sacrificially and financially to missions. So they've got a great interest in mission, they pray for mission, and they give to mission. That's what a missionary church is. 
But is it? For instance, if I was to say to you, what is a Christian? You wouldn't answer, well, a Christian is somebody who comes to church. A Christian is somebody who, who reads their Bible. A Christian is somebody who prays. That's what a Christian is, those three things. We wouldn't want to say that because that's not what a Christian is. A Christian is someone, as we know, someone who has a personal saving relationship with Jesus. And, and so although those three things are really important, it's important that we go to church, it's important that we read our Bibles, and it's important that we pray, those things are important as Christians for us to do. But that doesn't determine whether we're Christians or not. Isn't that right? And so to say then that a missionary church is a church that prays for mission, a missionary church is a church that gives to mission and gives sacrificially to church, a missionary church that is interested in mission, is that what a missionary church is? Well, I thought for a minute or two this morning, we'll look at this passage. Um, the church at Antioch was a missionary church. And I thought, let's have a look at this wee church in Antioch. And, and I think there's, there's, four, there's lots of characteristics, but there's four characteristics that, that we'll look at uh, in this church. And I think these are four characteristics of a missionary church that hasn't really got to do with those other things. Although those other things are really good and important, but that's not what makes a missionary church. The first thing about this church, we know that this church is a very diverse church. We know that because of, of these names that are mentioned. There, there, there's a couple of these folk who seem to be from, from Africa. Uh, Barnabas was, was someone who was known by, by the others, uh, and he was known, his nickname was the Son of Encouragement. So, so Barnabas was, was that. Saul Saul was a character, wasn't he? Saul was a Pharisee. It was a Pharisee. And a Pharisee hated Christians. And Saul hated Christians so much that he decided that he would give his life over to seek out Christians and to kill Christians. Saul had a bit of a background. These other men had a bit of a background too. Simeon, who was, who was probably black, Lucius Serini, who was from, from Africa. We don't know much about them at all. And then you've got this Manian. He's an unusual character. He was really strange because he was a foster son of, of Herod the Great. He was a foster son of the man that when he heard about Jesus being born in Bethlehem, decided that what he would do is he would kill all the young males under two years old, just to make sure that this Jesus, who was the Christ, would be killed. That was his, that was his foster dad. His foster brother was the man who was so weak that he allowed this woman to trick him into beheading John the Baptist. That was his family. That, that's who he was brought up with. That was, that was his background, and you can imagine that somebody like Saul, who was a Pharisee, would have hated somebody like Manian, who was brought up in this pagan household, who were supposed to be upholding the truth of the Jews, but who were bleeding the Jews dry. And so naturally, these are enemies. And yet this is some of the folk who belong to this church. What made up the church in Antioch wasn't that they were having great fellowship together. 
What didn't make this church wasn't the fact that they had something in common together. They had nothing in common together. They were diverse in so many ways. But they had something that was so different from any other club or organization. They were brothers and sisters in Christ. The first characteristic of of a missionary church is that the people were saved in Christ. They were transformed in Christ. Regardless of their background, they now belonged to the church of Christ. And when we look around here today, there's all sorts of people from all sorts of backgrounds. Some of you are from Scotland, and and I'm sure there's many of us from Scotland, or maybe not so many from Scotland. And, uh, but we're all from different sorts of backgrounds, with all sorts of tastes and clothes. That's obvious when you see Johnny standing here. I thought, I don't need to start wearing my shirts like that. Actually, do you know the reason I think Johnny wears his shirts like that? It's because they don't fit me anymore. And therefore, <laughs> he wears a T-shirt underneath, and it means he doesn't have to button his shirt. I thought, I have a few of those shirts. I thought, I don't need to start wearing T-shirts. That's the way you wear those shirts that you can't wear anymore. Because they don't button. So afterwards, when you give your name to him on that list, say to him, I'm going to put my name down if you can button your shirt. And it'll be interesting to see if you can actually... He's actually not, he's, oh, there he is. It's, I thought he disappeared there. And so we've all got different weird tastes and dress and, uh, and, and attitudes to things. And, and thankfully, that's not what brings us together. It's not that we all have a common bond because we think the same. We certainly don't. But that's Okay. We're not from the same sort of background. That's okay. It doesn't matter what country we're from. It doesn't matter what background we're from. It doesn't matter what what sort of views we have. But the Lord wants us all to be saved together. And that's why I was excited whenever Johnny was talking about Alpha is that we believe we all belong here together, but there may be some folk here who belong to us, and we're so glad you belong to us. But as yet, you haven't given your life to Christ. You're not saved yet. You haven't got that saving relationship with Jesus. And what we would want for you more than anything in this place is that you come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because that's the very best thing for you. And that's actually the very best thing for us. We become blood brothers and blood sisters. We become part of the family, God's family. Because it doesn't matter what our background is. It doesn't matter what our nationality is. It doesn't matter what our first language might be. What brings us together is not our color, our race, or even our creed. What brings us together is that we have a loving, lasting, and a saving relationship with Jesus. That's the first thing a missionary church has. It's not focused on a man's or money or even what sort of our mission goal would be. The first thing about a missionary church is we're one in Christ. And, and it didn't matter so Saul and Manian were brothers in Christ. And when they came together, they worshipped the Lord together. They spent time together because their basis wasn't on their past. The basis of their friendship and their fellowship and who they are in Christ. That's the first thing. The second thing we notice uh, in, in this, in this um, group of folk, this church, is not only were they saved in the Lord together, 
But they were all seeking the Lord together. That's so vitally important. If we have to be a missionary church, it's not about how much we give or, or, or how much we talk about it. It's the fact that we seek the Lord. This is a church that sought the Lord. They sought the Lord in two ways. They sought the Lord in prayer and they sought the Lord in fasting. They were serious in seeking the Lord. They wanted to know what the Lord's mind was. They weren't interested in, and what plans do we have? They're not interested in, and how can we flourish the church? That was not their interest. Their interest was, what does God want? What is God asking us to do? The Acts of the Apostles, they say that's not really the right name for it, because the Acts of the Apostles is not about the Acts of the Apostles. The Acts of Apostles should really be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because as we read it from whenever Jesus ascends and, and the Holy Spirit comes and fills those believers in the upper room, really since that moment to the very end of Acts, it's all about how the Holy Spirit leads and guides and empowers the church. And the church's role is to seek the face of God. And we seek it by praying and by fasting. Martin Luther, last year we were celebrating 500 years of, of the Reformation. And, uh, and Martin Luther was saying, Martin Luther had a puppy. I, I never knew this before, but I read it recently. And a wee dog. Uh, and he said, uh, every time he ate at the table, the wee dog, wherever it was, would come up and sit at his side, just at the table. And he said, the whole time he was eating, the dog's eyes and concentration never left his food. He said the whole time he would eat, the wee dog, no matter what else happened in the room or whatever was happening outside, the wee dog didn't move. It concentrated on every mouth uh, of food that Martin Luther ate. And if he had any wet, he wouldn't have fed the dog. Good Scottish people don't feed it, although he wasn't Scottish. You don't feed your dog, you never feed it at the table. My daughter has a dog, and, and it does the same. And I love to eat in front of it, because it has to learn that my food is my food, and it's not his food. I wouldn't dream of sitting down watching him eating his can of meat. I am not a bit interested, in, and so therefore he shouldn't be interested in my chicken. And, but he said, he, he focused. And Martin Luther wrote, and he said, if only my devotion to Christ, when I pray and when I fast, is like my wee dog. I said, my dog thinks of nothing but that food. And no matter what is happening all around it, it's not a bit interested. Its focus is on the food. And Martin Luther said, if only when I prayed and when I fast, that my focus on my food. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I do my quiet time, so many other things go through my mind. It's amazing what goes through the mind. I'll have to do the hoovering, or I'll have to put the bins out, or I'll have to do this. I'll have to. It, when, you, when you spend time with the Lord, then the, the stupid things that come into your head, why is that? Well, for me, it's because I'm not disciplined. For me, it's because my focus isn't fully on the Lord. For this church, this church was seeking the Lord. It prayed and it fasted. It was serious in focusing on God. It wasn't so much concerned about 
how many seats or what the building was like or, or what the finances were like or, or what this was like. Their focus when they came together was on God. Interesting too that when it talks about the focusing on God and talks about the worship, the, the, the Greek word that's using there when it's said about ministering to God is, is the word that's used in the Old Testament or the Greek translation of the Old Testament when it talks about the priests who minister in the temple. And, and the great thing is that reminds us that when we come here, sometimes we misunderstand what a church service is all about. Sometimes we think a church service is all about Dave leading. Dave's really good at leading uh, and, and, and the group behind him. And sometimes we focus on, Dave picked good hymns today. Or, or the sermon was good and short. You won't be able to say that today. But you can say something. The sermon was really short today. That's what makes it good. People love when I'm here. Because Martin, uh, one of the chaps in church, preaches in Strand for me. And he never preaches more than 15 minutes. They said to me, Danny, can you not preach more in Orangefield? And uh, they love Martin because it's only 15 minutes. You're not going to get 15 minutes today. And, uh, but sometimes we focus on what we like. The pews are lovely here and, and it's nice and warm. The hymns are good and, and the ministry is good. And we tend to think, we will go away and we think, that was a good service. And the reason we say it's a good service is because we enjoyed it. Or that wasn't a good service and it's because they didn't sing your favorite hymn or the sermon was too long or, or he had a funny accent and we didn't really understand what he was saying. Or, and we focus on things like that. When this church came together and they worshipped, they recognized that they were ministering to God. That's why the whole attention was focused on God. When they prayed and when they fasted, they were giving themselves over to God, knowing that when they did that, God would be blessed and God would be pleased. And therefore, the amazing thing, when we come in here and we worship, not only are we blessed, but we're blessing God. Isn't it amazing how we can bless God, the God of all creation? But that's what we're doing. And therefore, we should really focus on the hymns that we sing and the prayers that we pray. And when we read God's word and we consider it, our focus should be on God because we are blessing him. And that's why we call it a service. We're serving God. We're giving of ourselves to God. And that's a blessing. So a missionary church it's a church is when people come together and we have that saving relation of Christ. A missionary church is a church that is devoting itself to prayer and to fasting, to, to focus on God, to, to seek his face, not to think, what's the best for Orangefield? What's the best for God? The third characteristic, and we'll move quite quickly, is that it's a church that when it seeks God's face, it's willing to separate the members, to send them off to serve. This is not a church that's run by volunteers. This isn't a church that stands up and says, now, we need a few folk to go off uh, in a missionary journey. Uh, is, there, is there any volunteers? Are folk free this week? Or are folk free for the next nine months? We need someone to go over quite a few villages and towns, uh, and we need a few volunteers uh, and so if you happen to be free, maybe you're in between jobs at the minute or, or, or you're not quite sure what you're doing and, and you've got a few free hours or a few free months, can you give up your time and, and could you go for uh, a missionary journey for us? We would appreciate that. That's not how it worked. How it worked was they sought God's face and then they separated those who God had called. The reason they sought God's face 
is so that God would speak to them as to know who they should send. And so it was obvious as they prayed and as they fasted that God was calling Saul and Barnabas. And so they separated Saul and Barnabas. Interesting that they seemed to take the cream of the church. Barnabas, the son of encouragement, that's the one man you want to keep in your church. He's the guy that you want about the place because he's always got a good word for you. He will not slag you about your dress sense. He will not talk about the things that you're not good at. He's the guy who will always encourage you. Johnny, those are unusual clothes, but they really suit you. That's the sort of thing Barnas would say to Johnny. And, uh, you know, he would, he would always have that encouraging word. He's not the guy that you want to see go off for nine months. You want to keep him, but they sent him. Because they saw God's face and God spoke to them, send the best. Saul, they saw the change of him. Oh, yes, he was the enemy. He was dedicated to kill. Now he's dedicated to serve. That's the sort of person you want to keep. See the person who's always wanted to serve, who's always the first to do something. Keep them in Orangefield. Don't be sending them away. Keep them. That's the sort of folk you don't want to leave your church. That's who they sent. They were willing to send the best. We need to be a church if we're a missionary church. It's great we pray, or we pray, we pray and we pay. It's great. But we also need to send. And we need to seek God's face and send the best. And lastly, there are the church who just love to serve the Lord. When they were sent, they served. They did what God asked them to do. This is not a church of volunteers. This is a church of men and women who love the Lord. And because we love the Lord, the Lord has given you a gift. And the Lord expects you to serve him in that gift. So it's not that you're doing it so that others may think that you're good. You're not doing it because it makes you feel good. Lots of people say, you know, it's good to volunteer. And it is good to volunteer because it's good to give of yourself. And it makes you feel good. They say that if you've got uh, mental health problems, it's good to give of yourself a bit because that, that lifts you a bit. And I'm sure that's all true. And so it is nice to volunteer, and of course it is. But in the Christian life, it's not about volunteering. We don't volunteer to lift ourselves. We don't volunteer to make ourselves good. We don't volunteer because we want to help others. We serve the Lord because that's what he's called us to do. He has given us giftings, and we all have different giftings. You would just love it if I, if I led the worship. You would just love it because you would never have heard anything like it in your life. It would be like Les Dawson. And no, at least Les Dawson could play, although he played badly. I cannot sing a note. I felt really sorry for Ruth. Ruth's a lovely singer. And I just thought, poor Ruth. She thought there was bagpipes standing next to her. I just can't sing. Thankfully, the Lord likes my singing, but he's the only one who does. We all have different gifts, but God has given each one of his gifts, and he expects us to serve him wherever we are. That's what a missionary church is. It's a church where we recognize that we're saved in the Lord. It's not that we, we, we come because we've got things in common with one another. We have nothing in common with one another. But we're brothers and sisters in the Lord. That's what it's about. We're called to come 
and to seek the face of God. Not to play at it, but to seek his face. We're called to separate. We're called to, to acknowledge the giftings and to send. And that means a sacrifice for us and a sacrifice for those who go. And we're called to be a church that serves. Every, you, you, you pride yourselves in honest field, and it's good that you do. Every member ministry. But you see, that should be normal. Because a church isn't about the mass, the money, and mission. It's about who we are in Christ. That's what makes us a missionary church. We're going to pray together, and then we're going to sing. And after we sing in the benediction, there's prayer ministry. If you're not sure you're a Christian, and, and, and you would like to have prayer, uh, you would like to talk to somebody, you come forward and they will pray for you in prayer ministry. If you're someone who you're not sure what your gifting is and, and you want to see God's face as what your gifting might be, come to prayer ministry and they will pray with you that God will show you your gift. Because God has given you at least one gift, probably many more than that, but he's given you one gift. If you're not sure how you're serving the Lord in your life, Come to prayer ministry and seek God's face and he will show you how you are to serve him. Prayer ministry is vitally important in our ministry here. And so after the benediction, we have prayer ministry. I'm not sure, what exactly is prayer ministry? Over here in the corner, sorry. If you would like prayer for any other reason, uh, then you come forward and we would love to pray with you. But before we do that, let's pray. Father, we thank you that in, in your word, you, you show us what the church is like. And, and we know that as we, we read your word, uh, we see there's lots of examples of lots of different churches. The church of Thessalonica, uh, the church of Galatia, the church of Corinth. And as we read those letters, we, we read that the church was far from perfect. And I'm sure, Lord, that the church at Antioch wasn't perfect either. But we thank you that's a great example of a missionary church. It's not about how much we talk about it, or even how much we give towards it. It's about how, who we are and how we're willing to seek your face, to serve you and separate those with giftings in order for them to serve you in the right way, even though it will mean sacrifice, both for those who will go and for those of us who remain. Lead us and guide us, we pray, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.